Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Crimes of the heart. Crimes of the heart. Hello, friends, future friends, haters, and ex-lovers. Welcome back to Crimes of the Heart. I'm your host, Rory Uphold, and today is the first episode of season two. It's also Valentine's Day, or Singles Awareness Day, however you want to look at it. It's a complicated day for many of us. Even when I was in relationships, this day used to stress me the fuck out. It always reminded me that my life wasn't the fairy tale rom-com version I thought it was supposed to be. See, in high school, my boyfriend gave me a literal bag of flour, aka flowers, a pair of his silk boxers, the first black and white film photo he ever took of me, with a handwritten poem and a love letter, which he gave to me before we spent the whole night cuddled up under the stars. It was stupid and silly, but it was also thoughtful and romantic, and... I just figured that the rest of my life was going to be like that, partially because I'd also watched my dad pull crazy romantic stunts from my mom year after year. But also, I was raised on a hearty diet of rom-coms and fairy tales, and I thought that true love meant a cute origin story, grand gestures, and waiting for a person to realize that they just can't live without me. So for this episode, I'm going to share a couple of my own horror stories, and hopefully you'll see why I am the host of this podcast, why it means so much to me, and where I'm at in my own crazy romantic journey. So let's get into it. Keeping with the Valentine's Day theme. Once upon a time, I had a boyfriend, let's just call him Zach, who made absolutely zero plans for Valentine's Day, including trying to see me. Mm-hmm. So we'd been together officially for about two and a half months, but we'd been hanging out for about eight and a half months. So we knew each other, right? A little background. That New Year's, I dragged one of my single friends out to a New Year's party that Zach and his friends were throwing. My friend was in her I hate men era and really did not want to be there. But I introduced her to some of the guys and TLDR, she ended up marrying one of them. 
Okay, so it's Valentine's Day. It's been a little over a month and a half since my friend met one of Zach's friends. And she and I are grabbing an early Galentine's Day drink. So she's telling me all about their V-Day plans. And I'm like, wait a damn minute, what? Uh, We have been dating longer and we've been hanging out for almost a whole year now. What the fuck? (laughs) So I text Zach and I'm like, what's up? And he tells me that he feels like we should just skip Valentine's Day because there's going to be a lot of traffic. Traffic? I was like, um, yeah, no. Mm -mm." But instead, what I said was, okay, well, I'm headed to my favorite bar to go drink by myself. And I'm going to go home with the first man who hits on me. So I suggest you get in your car and make sure that that's you. And you know what he did? He got in his car and he made sure that it was him. (laughs) Now, obviously, I wasn't drinking alone at a bar. And uh, I guess if he's listening, spoiler, (laughs) I was with my friend getting a Valentine's Day drink. But, you know, in the end, that night ended up bringing us closer because it forced us to have a real heart to heart about expectations and where we were at as a couple. And we we ended up dating for a couple of years. But in the end, I, I do think that the reason we broke up was sort of tied to this moment, because ultimately we were better friends than we were boyfriend and girlfriend. And truth be told, I think the lack of romance in our relationship contributed to that. But I overlooked that because Zach had so much potential. The dreaded potential. Potential is dick sand, guys. Looking back, I was coming from this idea of building something with Zach, right? He was and still is this extremely cool dude, such a good person, super talented. But his life was a mess. Now I really hope he's not listening to this. (laughs) So it was no wonder that he didn't have any bandwidth to be romantic. I mean, he was barely holding shit together. But I had a vision of what his life could be, and thus a vision of what our life could be. And that's the problem with dick sand, because it sucks you in, and it keeps you stagnant. It holds you in place until one day you wake up and you realize, shit, I haven't moved at all. I'm trapped. And that's exactly what happened. I stayed with Zach because, well, because I liked him. But I also kept thinking he would have that moment. You know, that moment in every movie where the guy realizes that the girl is worth him getting his life together. I saw the potential in Zach and I figured that if I waited long enough, it would work out. But it didn't. And eventually we were like roommates with fancy titles. Until one day we just broke up. So fast forward a few years. It's also Valentine's Day, and I'm single, and I'm getting ready for a first date with a guy I've met off Raya, which honestly should have been the red flag. He's a famous artist, and that's actually a clue. I'd seen his work around Los Angeles, and I'd been to one of his installations, and I thought it was dope. And at the time, he was this buzzy artist who seemed up and coming, and I thought that was cool. And I also assumed that because his work seemed cool, that he would be cool. And boy, is that just not the case in Los Angeles. Mm -mm -mm. The fact that someone is successful does not make them nice or cool or even a good person. (laughs) But I digress. Anyway, so we both decide that a first date on Valentine's Day is a fun, flirty, meet-cute moment. But in order to keep it low press, we decide to meet at Go Get em on Larchmont for coffees. And one coffee turns into a two-and-a-half-hour-long date that felt like a whirlwind. He was eccentric and kind of name-droppy, but I feel like I walked into that date wanting it to go well and wanting him to like me. So I was more concerned about being fun and funny and making him like me than I was paying attention to whether or not I liked him. 
I forgot that I was there to see if this man was good enough for me. You know, if I had walked in with that energy, that mindset, it would have saved me from our tragic next date. And I also would have realized like, hey, this guy isn't quote unquote eccentric. He's a freaking tool. (laughs) But again, I was in my colorblind era of dating. So we leave that date eager to see each other again, right? I'm thrilled. He likes me. Woo, go me. Okay. Next day, he invites me to lunch and we end up at Shake Shack because neither of us had been there and it was going to be another cute thing that we got to do, both of us going to this restaurant for the first time. Except that when we get there, he suggests that I get his favorite order. Huh. So I say, oh, weird. I thought you'd never been here before. And he goes, I haven't. Yeah, I've never been to this location. Excuse me. And I'm like, okay. I'm sorry, dude. That is like, I mean, that's like saying, oh, I don't talk to my ex. But then when I find a bunch of text messages between you two, you're just going to be like, oh, no, sorry. She was talking to me and I'm just replying. The semantics of it, not the vibe, not the freaking vibe. But things really take a turn when he proceeds to tell me mid-date that he's married. Fucking married? I felt my soul leave my body mid-bite. And I'm like, you're what? And he's like, oh, well, I'm married to a sugar mama. And when I ask him if he means legally, he dodges the question. So obviously I ask it again. And he says, no, not legally, but spiritually, at which point I am just freaking done with this date. However, things really get lit when we get in the car and he's driving me home. And I don't know why, but I'm talking about how much I love chewy ice. You know, that gas station ice that's just the best. And he tells me that it's not what it's called. And so I'm like, oh, what is it called? And I pull up my phone and I look it up and I'm like, oh, actually, it is called Chewy Ice. And this man starts yelling at me about second guessing him, at which point I'm like, hey, I have an idea. Pull the fuck over so I can get out of the car and out of your life, which is exactly what I do. If I had been less caught up in the story of what we could have been and less interested in impressing this man on our first date, I would have noticed that this dude was a grade A douche canoe and a compulsive liar. And you know what? I have since learned that that is exactly what his reputation is. Okay, so this gives you some insight into Valentine's Day pasts. And also how I used to get caught up in the potential of a person and the story of our relationship, the narrative of our romance, which is important because I am about to tell you a very true story that recently happened to me and it has the makings of a rom-com, except that this time I think I gave it the ending it deserved. At least I gave it the ending I deserve. This is a story about a guy we'll call Robbie. A couple of months ago, I was at a girl's brunch when my friend Michelle asked me if I was interested in getting set up, which is honestly the dream. I said, let me see a pic. Because look, I have dated a lot of gargoyles in my day, but I was actually in love with them at the time and I did not realize they were ugly till like way after the fact. So Michelle shows me a pic and I realize two things. One, Robbie's super cute. And two, he's the creator of a show that a bunch of people I know were on, which is great because it means that we have mutual friends. But more importantly, it means he's not a creep because I would have heard about that. She also tells me that he's super funny and smart and kind and that he's just looking for the right girl to settle down with. And I am like, ding, 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 ding. We are off to a great start. 
I leave brunch and promptly forget about the setup, and six days later, I'm at an engagement party, and I look across the room, and I'm like, wait, what? Is that him? And before I really think my next steps through, I walk up to Robert, who's mid-conversation with a brunette, we'll call her Jennifer, and I say, hey, are you Robert? And he's like, I am. And I'm like, that is crazy. Can we get a photo? And he's like, what? No, that's weird. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that actually is weird. Um... And then I panic because you see folks in my mind, I was thinking, oh, this is funny. I'm going to send a pic to Michelle and be like, ah, beat you to it. And I'd fully forgotten that Robbie had no idea who I was. So I'm standing there and all of this is clicking in my brain in real time. And I start sweating and I don't really know what to say. And I'm like, oh, well, um, shoot. (laughs) And he's like, this is awkward. And I'm like, this is awkward. And then Jennifer is like, yeah, this is awkward which does not help this wedding. And all of a sudden I realize like, wait, what if they're on a date? Holy shit. And then suddenly I'm feeling very weird about the fact that I'm supposed to tell him that we're supposed to be set up on a date. So I'm trying to figure out how to avoid telling him that we were supposed to be set up. And it's really just making things worse. So I say, oh, well, we have a mutual friend and I just thought it would be fun to send her a photo. And he is looking at me like I'm a full fucking weirdo. And admittedly in that moment, I am, I am. So I just sort of blurt out, look, I'm friends with Michelle and she wants to set us up. And I just, I just thought it would be funny to get a pic of us because yeah. And then I look at Robbie and his face lights up and he smiles. And in that moment, I knew there was a vibe. So all of a sudden I started to relax and get my personality back. So he goes, oh, that's funny. Yeah, we should take a photo. And as we're about to take the selfie, Jennifer, who's been standing there the whole time, is like, honestly, it would be a lot funnier if you guys were kissing. And wow, was she right? So obviously I'm immediately like, yes, that's hilarious. Go Jennifer. Hundo P, let's do it. And I hand Jennifer my phone and she counts us down. And just as I think Robbie's coming in for a goofy kiss, this man puts his hand on the small of my back, comes in and rom-com kisses me. And I am shooketh. And you know how I know I was shooketh? Because they were live photos. (laughs) And as we pull away, You can hear me saying, you rom-com kissed me. And we proceed to have electric banter for the next 30 minutes. I am talking fireworks. Pew, 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 pew. Michelle was right. He's hilarious. He's smart. He's quick. And at one point between our conversations, Robbie pulls me aside and he's like, look, so I definitely want to go out with you. And I'm like, great, ask me out. And he's like, I'm asking you out. And I'm like, no, ask me out. And he's like, okay, got it. And then all of a sudden it's time for me to leave. And he's trying to convince me not to leave, but I'd already promised another friend that I'd be their date to a party. And one lesson that I've managed to learn through my thick skull is never bail on a friend for dick, or in your case, maybe clit. Friends are forever. But more importantly, when you prioritize new people over old plans, you give them weight that they haven't earned. It's like putting them on a pedestal that they haven't proven to be worthy of yet. So needless to say, I bounce. Rob insists on walking me to my Uber. And before the car comes, he says, okay, so I'm definitely going to kiss you again. And he does. And it's great. And he puts me in my car and I head off to the party and I wake up the next day and I go about my life. And later that night, I have a date. And halfway through the date, he goes to the bathroom. And I look at my phone and I don't have any new texts. But my date is honestly A+. And I'm kind of thinking, nice, now I have two dudes that I'm into. This is dope. And at the end of the date, the man kisses me goodnight. And it's amazing. And I'm like, okay, hell yeah. And when I get in my car, I have two texts from Robbie. And if you're thinking that I played it cool, (laughs) you can think again. Because I did the exact opposite 
I was like, no, no, I'm going to double down and call this dude, which is what I do. I call him because I'm driving. And also I was like, I'm going to keep this man on his toes. And he answers and he's like, whoa, a phone call. And I'm like, mm-hmm, that's right. Turns out he's at a bar near my house and he asks me if I want to swing by. And I think about it for a second and I do. I do want to swing by, which is what I do. I meet him at the bar and I blink and we've been talking for almost three hours. Long story short, Michelle nailed it. Robbie and I vibe. He's easy to hang out with. I feel comfortable with him. We both make each other laugh. Like, it's a blast. So when he asks me if I want to watch the pilot of his favorite TV show back at his place, I just assume that he means have sex with him. And I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm, yes, yes, that's exactly what I want to do. So we get to his place and he makes me some tea and we actually get ready to watch the show, which is hilarious. Because at any moment, I know we're going to start making out and then that TV is getting turned off, which is exactly what happened. I end up spending the night, we cuddle, it's cute, and out of respect to the real Robert, I'm going to leave out the intimate details. But all you really need to know is, so far so good. And if this were 2017 Rory, or really even 2019 Rory, I would be busy future tripping the fuck out of our life together. And I would be all in on how fun our story was going to be to talk about at our wedding one day. But it's the end of 2022, so I'm enjoying him and the moment for what it is, a first date. And unlike a lot of people, I don't care about sex on the first date, okay? But that's just me. For many people, sex comes with expectations. And if you're one of those people, then I think that you should absolutely follow your gut and wait till you feel secure in something before you have sex, okay? Again, that's not me. You do you, I do me. Anyway, the next morning, I leave. And then later that day, I text him an inside joke. We laugh about it, and then I don't hear anything for 10 days. Yes, I said 10 days, as in not 9 and not 11, but 10 days. (laughs) And in those 10 days, I have moments where I catch myself kind of laughing at how wild it is that I haven't heard from him. But mostly I'm just turned off. It's not the behavior I saw coming, and it was surprising, like for sure. But I'm not invested in this person, so I just don't really care. Now, let's say that our inside joke is the word blondie. It's not, but in an attempt for some privacy, let's just say it is. So 10 days later at like 11 in the morning, he texts me blondie question mark. And I'm kind of confused because I'm just like, "Mm, why? (laughs) Like, why are you texting me? And I'm worried that whatever I'm going to say over text is going to come out passive aggressive or really just aggressive. So later that night, I call him and I'm like, that was a funny text. And he's like, did you like that? And I was like, yeah, I did like that. I would have loved it eight or nine days ago. And he's like, wait, I can't tell if you're serious. And I'm like, oh yeah, no, no, no. I'm totally serious. The moment has like fully passed us. I I just, I'm not really feeling it. And he's like, I cannot tell if this is a bit or not. And I'm like, no, this is not a bit. I'm calling to just say in the future, if you're actually interested in someone, don't wait 10 days because it's just disrespectful and rude. It's just, it's just not the move you think it is. And he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. I thought you and I were on the same page. And I'm like, nope, nerp. Mm -mm. I'm looking for something legit and real and I expect to hear from dudes sex or no sex within one to two days of a great date like that is what I expect and he's apologizing and he's like I'm so sorry that I upset you and I'm like "Er, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm." I'm not upset I'm not mad I'm just not interested anymore like it was a boner killer and I'm just not that attracted anymore 
And the thing is, is I genuinely meant it. And this ended up being like a 30 minute conversation with a lot of backtracking and apologies and a lot of asking me out on a second date. And look, maybe you're listening to this and you're thinking, this is not impressive. And to be honest, if you are, you're my fucking hero because I might have said shit like this in the past, but I would have had to have written it down or memorized it or done something to plan because I never would have meant it right? I would have waited those 10 days out, checking his social media, staring at my phone. And honestly, I, I probably would have texted him long before I ever made it to 10 days because clearly I have no chill, but I would have destroyed myself wondering why this man wasn't texting me, what was wrong with me, blah, blah, blah. So actually being unbothered for me is a huge fucking win. Ultimately, I said, look, we can go on a second date if you actually plan it, but Before you do, when we hang up, think about this. You know where I stand and what I want. Think about if it's what you want. And if it isn't, let's just be friends. Like, we're cool. We can be friends. The next day, he asks me out, and we actually have a very cute and a super thoughtful date. It's great. The vibe's electric. We cover everything from our childhoods to our future goals. And by all accounts, it's just an incredible date. I stay the night. I stay the next morning. It seems like giving him a second chance was worth it. I leave, I hear from him that day and the next day and then later that week, but because our schedules are kind of hectic, we don't see each other that week or the following week. And to be honest, I just lose interest because again, no matter how cute our story or how intense the vibe is, I'm at a place right now where I'm attracted to actions, to effort and to consistency. So I genuinely just lost interest. And maybe two and a half weeks after our last date, I'm at a party and I see Jennifer, the girl who originally took the picture of Robbie and I kissing. And I'm like, bingo, what a way to close out this chapter with Robbie than with a picture of me kissing Jennifer, right, right? So that's what I do. And in my mind, I send the pic to Robbie and I'm like, cool, we're done. I literally write, the circle is complete. So I'm really confused when he texts me in the beginning of December to tell me that he's been MIA with COVID. And then I'm extra confused when he hits me up after Christmas to tell me that he's been up north for a month with family, but that he has a Christmas present that he wants to give me. I'm like, what the fuck? But I also love presents and I'm super curious to see if it's going to be that blondie inside joke thing. So I agree to meet up. And when I do, I'm stunned. Tell me why this man is holding my hand and introducing me to friends and treating me like we're together. I mean, the gift was sweet, which is very in line with who he is, because again, Robbie has all the potential. He just lacks the follow through. So I found myself on another adorable date, holding hands with a guy I genuinely like, meeting his friends and having a blast. And I realize, shit. I'm going to have to break up with this man and I'm not even dating him because this dynamic does not work for me anymore. It would have been crack to the Rory of yesteryear, but now it's just not. So I tell Robbie, look, you're great, but I'm looking for something you're unable to give me. And I really do want to start my life with someone and you're just not there. And eventually he admits this and it's true. And we agree to be friends. Because he's awesome and he's done nothing wrong. And if I were in a place where casual felt cool to me, honestly, Robbie would be the fucking dream. So I break up with a guy I was never dating, which is 180 degrees different from the Rory of Valentine's Day's past. She would have caught feelings hard and fast, and this would have felt dramatic and painful. But it wasn't. When I shifted my life and I put myself on a pedestal and I decided dating me is like 69, you get what you give. 
that I was going to be like a mirror, matching energy and investing in those who invest in me and nothing more. It got really easy to walk away from things regardless of their potential or how cinematic our story could have been. Do I think that in another world, Robbie and I might have ended up together? For sure. Do I think that if I lowered my standards, I could have had a blast with him? Absolutely. And do I think that if I waited around, he might get his act together? I'd like to think so. But the truth is, I live in this world with high standards, and I'm interested in investing in someone who's ready to invest in me today. So, as cute as our engagement party story is, and as fun as our inside jokes are, and as insane as our chemistry is, it's not enough. And if you're in anything resembling something that isn't matching your energy right now, I encourage you to think about what it is that you really want. Look, I'm the last person to tell you what to do. I'm single, unmarried, and I have more failed relationship attempts than Edison did with a light bulb. But that does actually make me an expert. It makes me an expert in what not to do, what doesn't work. And I can tell you with 100% certainty that when you overinvest, it almost never works out. And I'm not trying to say play cool. I'm saying be cool. Get to know yourself and your baggage well enough that you're able to practice healthy detachment. Put yourself first until someone proves themselves to be worthy of your time and energy. I guess this was just a very long way of saying happy Valentine's Day. Regardless of your relationship status, I hope that you take today to cultivate self-love. Yes, as cheesy as that may sound. Well, that's the end of the episode. We'll be back next week with our regularly scheduled program and a very fun special guest. In the meantime, please don't forget to subscribe, like, rate, and review this podcast if you like it. If you don't, please keep your mouth shut. Those are just a few simple and free ways to help support, and they really do matter. Thanks again for listening, and see you next Tuesday. (laughs) 